Welcome to the Quandrum Art of Joyful Living podcast. This podcast is all about inspiring people to live more joyfully. So if you're seeking a bit more joy in your own life or seeking to bring some more joy to the lives of others, then this podcast could well be for you. I'm Andrew Cannon, co-founder of Quandrum, and I have the honor to be hosting this podcast series. In each episode, I'll be inviting our guests to share their words of wisdom on the art of joyful living, whether that's in relation to personal growth, genuine belonging, positive impact, or simply having fun. And welcome to episode six of the Quandrum Art of Joyful Living podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Melanie Eckholt. Melanie is a child and adolescent psychiatrist, film director, and creator of Melanie Eckholt World, a new digital gallery for her creative productions. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's one joyful podcast. It's wonderful to have you on the show. Um, and I'd like to start by talking about the documentary film In Love with Craziness, which you produced. Um, the film's about a young man's struggle with ADHD and coming of age. So where did you get the inspiration for the film from? Uh, from actually the dialogues, because uh, I was uh, talking with this uh, young rap artist called Michael Kildall. Um I just discovered him actually on a talent show and I was watching it with my daughter and Autumn in, uh, in 2015. I was so... Um, having this telly night with my um, adolescent daughter. And then suddenly this rap artist uh, uh, was there on the screen and he was rapping about judgment. And why do you need to judge yourself when everybody else are judging you? And I just loved mm -hmm. that phrase. And also he had a very like, um, very clear emotional body language and he had so much power in uh, his performance and he so I got kind of hooked by his performance and I I got in contact with him and I invited him to talk with doctors about his traveling how could we kind of come to that sentence mm. why do you have to judge yourself where did that come from and actually it happened to be that he'd been using drugs for 10 years heavily um, and that was part of the way of working from judgment to love to self-love right right and that sort of brings me to a thought around nature versus nurture and this concept of self-judgment to what degree that is within us naturally and to what degree it is a result of our nurturing through home, upbringing, through school, through all of the influences we have in our lives as we grow up. Um, and you've seen obviously as a child psychologist, psychiatrist, many things here. So what would you say, nature, nurture, a bit of both? I think that uh, uh, nurture is very, very important. Mm. And uh, um, this podcast is going to be about self-love. And I very fast came to system, system love, you know. Uh, how can we love systemically? Right. <laughs> so I think that um, 
Um, in the documentary, we explore more uh, the South. We see this young man, how he's been, uh, yeah, during 21 minutes, we get mm. really deep, uh, a deep dive into his self-development yeah. and how he kind of, uh, despite of that the school didn't understand him, that he had uh, really uh, problems with the relationship with his father, and yeah, the systems around, we get a little bit uh, taste of it, but I am writing a book where I am exploring much more this system and how can we in the system show more love and uh, nurture each other. So I think time now uh, is to uh, also think about love in systems. So not mm -hmm. only self-love. So not it's a very good question you have. It is. And you mentioned a book. Um, are you allowed to tell us when this book is likely to be published? Yeah, I hope in uh, um, after the summer. After the summer. <laughs> Autumn 2021. Oh. Yeah. oh, wow. Well, that's going to be wonderful. So if I understand that, you know, when you think about the film and its teachings, there's a, there's a question around self-love, but there's a broader question around love within a system, love within cult society. Yeah, you kind of get uh, a feeling when uh, that it, he kind of found the love himself, actually. And mm. uh, uh, that is one part of the story that sometimes you really have to search into yourself and you can find this self-love just by being not loved by the system. So, so I think that is also important that uh, uh, when I talk with people who have been really in deep, deep darkness, mm -hmm. that is also a way to self-love. Sometimes you really have to fall apart uh, and go into an underworld of drug or gaming or lying or a criminal underworld or depressive underworld. And there uh, you can often find some self-love there. And there is a connection, of course, with the spiritual love. Yeah. And so I don't think that we should be so afraid of falling apart because my experience is when we are falling apart, even if it's very, very painful, we can also find the self-love. So, um, yeah, very true. I was watching an old Harry Potter movie. Well, I'm not sure they're old yet, but anyway, I could say old Harry Potter movie and seeing the Phoenix bird actually falling apart <laughs> physically to be born again from the ashes. Um, was again very symbolic for me for what we can do as humans um, to through that destruction through that dark place actually rise up into something beautiful what is happening afterwards after this process is then you are really ready to have fun you know and and to really live a joyful life but sometimes you really have to be in a very dark painful long journey for maybe two three four five six years and then when you come after that journey then you're ready to live a joyful life and I learned that from Michael the main character how he can he could just he's so 
he was so much more relaxed than me, you know, he was 24 years and I was 44 or something like that. And I saw that he was so, he, yeah, he was so content with his life. He was living a normal mm. life in a little West Coastal town. And he was just working as um, uh, in the shop, clothes shop of his mother. And he was just chilling. He was a new he had a newborn daughter. Now, actually, when we made the movie, he didn't have the, his daughter yet, actually. What was interesting was that we were filming at his spaces three days, and then I invited him to my location. It was Oslo for three mm. days. So when I went to his coastal town, actually, he invited me to his house. And we were filming in his studio, home studio in his house. And then he showed me a room. And he said that maybe there is going to be the room of a little child. And I got to know his, uh, his partner then, uh, just mm. like some five minutes. And then one year later, he was actually a father. And we could then include that in the documentary that he actually uh, started. Uh, he, this documentary started with him as a little child and ended with his he as a father in 20 mm -hmm. minutes and that was just so beautiful for me as a child psychiatrist you know amazing amazing to see the power of film and and such a wonderful topic it fits so well with the the topic or the pillar of joy of, of growth and emotional well-being or mental health and how you know that's one of the the key goals of the un sustainable development program to improve exactly. mental health and well-being in the world and you know and I know as a psychiatrist you must see daily you know many challenges related to this this goal of of good health and well-being and how does society then how does government health authority systems how in your opinion do they need to change to better address the mental health challenges which of course now have been amplified by the pandemic in many ways um, not maybe caused absolutely by the pandemic, but at least amplified. And so how does the system, how does it need to change? Mm, of course, I talk with the young person about this because I think uh, I'm so used to talk with young persons uh, in the therapeutic space, or I do that also in others <laughs> situations mm. so i just talked with a young man uh, one week ago uh, he's a rap artist as well and the rap artists they are very uh, nearly all the rappers in the, the whole world are very connected to the local community they okay. are kind of yeah that is a specific uh, thing about the the rap artists that they they can all sometimes really rap uh, about the love they have for the, the hood mm. and uh, Michael for example he had like the the, the number of his uh, coastal you know each town has a postal code postcode, number, and yeah. he had that postal code number oh, yeah wow. here on his tattooed arm, on his arm you know? wow yeah and actually that is kind of a, a, a one of the things I like with the rap artists that they're really so good in, in, in telling stories about the importance of the hood, the neighborhood. And uh, 
and we can learn a lot from them because I think that uh, we have to, I am as, as a psychiatrist, I work like very in, on the top in the system, you know, mm. I work like the, 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 the hospitals, they are paying me, not the, not the GPs. I'm not a GP. I'm really like in the, the, the second level kind of, and we think sometimes that we are the better level because you see, I do like this second right. level, but I think, and people that think about that, that the GPs and the nurses and the teachers that they are the first level mm. and the, the psychiatrists, they are the second level. And that is the reason why I show it uh, with my hands because uh, you kind of have this hierarchy. And I think it's very important to, to, to that I working in the hospital system, I have to turn the hierarchy and say that I am, I am not on the top, I am on the <laughs> bottom. And on the top we have the, of course, the, 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 the young person and the neighborhood. Where are the young person living? They are living uh, 24 hours uh, in the neighborhood. So they mm. are in the house or they're in the, uh, um, on the, in the garden or in the parks or, or they are in uh, the schools or they are of course on internet, you know, which is more global. Right. So I think it's very important to, to that we see how important the local uh, teachers are, the local people working in the commune and that they do a very important job for the young person and also the parents. Mm. And that we kind of really uh, understand that they are the most important persons and we, as a hospital, we are just there sometimes to support a little bit, but the, the long-term relationship with the teacher, uh, with the parents of the friends of the young person, with the, the club, you know, or the football club or the, yeah. So the yeah. physically, long-term relationship with the people that is my actually message that they are very very important and then we should really uh, see that that all the work the parents do the teachers do and the the people working in the community and we should really appreciate that and love that, that work right so there's a sense of community um, but there's also a sense of being an active member of that community, a valued part of that community. This is what I'm hearing yeah. here. Is that fair to say? Exactly. So that's why I like uh, the community of Quantum as well, because it's a digital community and a digital safe community, you know, and um, with common values. And I think that Quantum is a good example how you can make a nurturing community also physically, where we are trying to really talk about the good things as well and talk about love and well-being and hope and dreams and yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for that plug for the, the Joyful Living community. I was going to ask you that, well, I, you know, because we value you as one of our first partners in the community. And I was going to ask you, why did you join? Um, but I think you, you answered that question. I, maybe the next question would be, what's your dream? We talked about dreams. What's your dream? What's your desire to achieve as part of the Joyful Living community? I think it's very interesting to hang out with people who are who wants to 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 dream that, that you want to focus on the uh, on positive changes you are not like uh, you are the opposite of what is happening in the news for example you know where it's very like the world is falling apart whenever you know so that is uh, what i think is not necessarily the good digital community, the, the, of course, the news, they're very important, the journalists, they're extremely important. But I think it's very important to get digital input from uh, not only from the news, but also from the positive communities who really want mm. to, to, to help each other and heal. So maybe my, I need to, I have myself, my wounds, you know, and I really want to be with other people who, who are aware of how are we talking to each other, how are we kind of helping each other, and who are not afraid of creativity or dreams. But I need that. That is part of my healing progress is to be with other person who wants want to dream and to want to have mm. hope and and being nice together you know so that is yeah so you are part of my healing process well i'm so glad to be part of that process it, it really the is shoes. yeah the riches to create yeah. this 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 different version of reality where there is hope where there is joy um as opposed to fear and toxicity i'll just pull you back just a moment to talk about friends and belonging and i wanted to share with you a little bit of data from a, a survey we did in the US at the end of last year yeah. when we looked at, at joyful living and we found that you know roughly you know 20% of people would claim that they are not living joyfully okay so a fair proportion of the population and one of the key mm -hmm. characteristics that you find with that is that 70% of those people 7 out of 10 say they have five or less friends. Whereas if you translated yeah. it to those who are living joyfully, that number drops down to like three or four in 10. Um, but even more amazingly, there is 14% of those people who are not living joyfully, so 5% of the total population, who have no friends, right? When we ask them, how many friends yeah. do you consider that you have? Yeah. Mm. one in 20 people mm. say I have no friends and that shocks me yeah that shocks me that we've created a society where one in 20 yeah. people feel they are alone and whether that's true or not it doesn't matter that it's that perception of I am alone I don't have any friends but from the data is so clearly mm. damaging from um, as a result of that mental health and mental well-being, if you don't have that network, that belonging 
to there. And I was just wondering if that's something you see also, you talked about it, you know, with the rappers and the community, they have that sense of belonging, right? They have that sense of friendship. Um, and what can we do again as a system to help create a place where we don't allow people to to be in this position where nobody loves them. Exactly. So uh, I think that is what I call the the love, the friends love. You know. So for me, it's very important to talk about the love we can feel, which is friendly. Mm-hmm. You know, the friendly love. And I think that when a school or when a club for the young people, when they are friendly, when the leaders are friendly, and we talk about the, the love, which is about to be friendly and easy love, that is important that the society talk a lot about that as well. And I... Um, have been interviewed. I did an interview as well about creativity and love and asked uh, for maybe, maybe uh, 10 person, what does it mean for you? Creativity and love. Mm. And everybody's starting to talk about the love in a partner relationship. And that is a very complicated love. Yeah. So I think it's very important. Me, I want to talk more about the different kind of loves that you can feel the love you have for your father, for your mother, for your the sister and brother and, and the friend, the love we can have in between friends and talk much more about how to create like a friendly relationship. I know in Finland, you know, when we talk about Valentine's Day in Finland, really it's friendship yeah. day, right? It's not about love. Oh, it's called friendship day, friends day. And so oh, that's what we celebrate. I love that. So beautiful. Yeah. So, you know, I think that Maybe we can do that next year. Let's celebrate Friends Andrew, Day. Maybe we can do that next year. That definitely. <laughs> definitely. Let's do that in the quandrum. joyful quandrum way. So <clears throat> that's interesting. You know, we could have called the community not the joyful living community. We could have called it the the loving living community. Um, in the same way, in the same mm. broad sense of of joy is love. Love is mm. joy in all its forms. Well, Melanie, we ended on the word love, which is always a good place to end. So I'd like to thank you for being such a a wonderful, fun person to talk with, but also very inspirational guest on our show today. And I'm sure our our listeners have been inspired and, and learned a lot from your words. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much, Andrew. And a big thank you for everybody listening today on the podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing Melanie's thoughts. We hope you feel inspired and empowered by my chat with Melanie. And I hope you tune in next week for the next episode of the Quandrum Art of Joyful Living podcast. Thank you.